Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Alexander-Reese. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Carter. And if you don't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. How's it going, Andrea? It's going fine, John. I'm I'm getting used to the cold a little bit. But other than that, I'm doing fine. I'm just, it's fall, the leaves are falling, and we had our first frost advisory. I didn't see any frost yet, but we had our first frost advisory. So, yay. And I still haven't drunk anything with pumpkin spice in it yet, so. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, fall person, but, you know, my girlfriend is, so I'm glad she's happy. Well, I, um, because I'm watching my sugar levels and everything, this is the first year that I have not been able to partake in eating some candy corn. Oh, okay. Halloween, which is just making me sad because I know I can down a, a bag of candy corns all by myself and be very, very happy, but I'm trying to be good to myself and true. So, I mean, that's good. Uh, but, but personally, I've never really been a big candy corn person, but that's just me, though. Oh, it is. I mean, the, all the different varieties they have for candy corn. It's, it, you know, candy corn is one of those candies that is mobile, is good, and just get puts you on a sugar high. Mm. Yeah, you know, when you come down, it's like, ugh, okay. But now I'm more into the um, the Tootsie Pops, um, that occasionally. And then, you know, just I'm sort of weaning myself off of my love of candy, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But, I gotcha. But um, you know, I, I see the candy sale is about to happen. So I'm kind of like, I might be tempted to do something, but right now I'm being strong. So yes. Well, that's good. Uh, so what's the chocolate news of the week? Well, the chocolate news of the week has been a big high and a big low. I, I'm, I'm going to get started with, um, I want everyone to think kindly of um, the 2000 victims that um, were killed in the um, the earthquake that occurred in Western Afghanistan. Um, it hasn't gotten a lot coverage on the news, unfortunately, but it always saddens me to hear when there is natural conflict that occurs and people are victim of that natural conflict. I mean, we're still in the tail end of the hurricane season. So, you know, we're watching that and the earthquake and then, you know, we have all of the other conflicts that are going on around the world. We have the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We have the Ukrainian war still ongoing. Um, and then what another thing that's not being covered by the news effectively is the fact that on the African continent, let's also think about our brothers and sisters who are vic being victimized through the various coups that have occurred over the last three years. Um, mm. Some of them have occurred this year, but very quietly. A number of military figures have been um, carrying out takeovers in several countries, including Gabon, Niger, Burkina, Faso, the Sudan, Guyana, Chad, and Mali. In fact, the coup in Niger is the latest one that occurred in July. And uh, a friend of mine who works on the international space, she was telling me about how there are so many coups going on in Africa. And it's concerning to her because of the influx of money 
from Russia and China in the African content, you have to wonder what's going on in these countries that have, that have been led by dictators. And now you're seeing this uprising. So I think with all of what's going on around the world, we should take stock, be blessed that we are in the situation that we are in, but be aware of what's going on around the world and how it may affect us here at home. So that's one very concerning chocolate news that I'm going to update everybody on as it continues. Right. So it's kind of sad. But on good news that we just heard yesterday, the Western and Southern Open Tennis Tournament is going to stay in the Cincinnati area. Um, Yay. It, it was the, the owners um, made the official decision. Well, no, they made their decision official on Tuesday. And so the Linder Center will be the home of the Western Southern Open for another 25 years. Everyone remembers um, when the, um, the Western Southern Open was bought by the BMOC Capital last October, they were um, looking at the possibility of moving the tournament to Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, um, Charlotte does not have a tennis facility like the Western Southern, uh, I mean, I should say like the Linder Family Center um, in the area, and they would have to build one to house the Western Summit, Summit Tournament. Well, um, they found out, well, the BMA Capital found out that it was going to cost them $400 million to build a new facility in Charlotte. That's a lot. It is a lot. Where instead, it will be a very cheap $150 to $200 million to upgrade the Lindner Center in time for the 125th anniversary of the tournament next year. Hmm. So, and, and then behind the scenes also, the business community stepped up and made pledges to sponsor the tournament to keep it here as well. And during the, the last um, tournament where we saw Coco Goff win spectacularly, there, the, the owners were very impressed, not only by the sponsors in the area, but who came out to the tournament and um, the reaction of how much people love tennis in this area. And um, and I think that was a big win or a big show of how well they will receive and see the treatment and other things that they can do with the tournament in the area. And because of that, the Western Southern Open is going to stay. So we'll get to enjoy 25 years of great tennis in the area every year in August in Mason, Ohio. Yay! Yeah, that's great. Because I'm it, especially it, great it, if Coco comes back because I want to see her play. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And bring so much revenue to the local economy. So that's always good. Well, I like the fact that we're seeing not only, you know, the new younger players come through before the U.S. Open, um, but you're seeing such a diverse amount of talent, whether they're at the low end of the scale or the high end of the ranking in the tennis world. We're seeing some great tennis. And I think it's an inspiration if we can get our young people to see these tennis players and see what could be if they worked at it. So I'm very, very excited for next year and well done Cincinnati. Well done on that. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, next, the Bengals won as well. Another win for the area. Joe Burrows, he was smiling. 
He wasn't stumbling. He was moving swiftly and they knocked it out of the park. And um, Jamar Chase had a great game. He was just, you know, just moving around the field as much as possible. Um, Joe Burrows threw for 317 yards and three touchdown passes. Jamar Chase finished with a season high of 190 yards receiving. And they beat the Arizona Cardinals. So now they are one and three. So which I'm, I'm kind of happy there's that one check. So but the, I'm really happy about the fact that Joe is seems to be healed. So, you know. I know he's going to have the baby that calf, but it seems that he's gotten over the the worst of the calf in, in injury, I should say, that right. the Bengals are, you know, going to take off. We'll see what happens next week. I'm taking it one week at a time. So, but I'm very, very glad that we have a check in the win column. Yay! Yeah, that's always good to hear. It's always good, and I'm 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 just looking forward to the next game. So we'll just have to see what happens. Um. Next, you know, I would just have to say, I had a, um, I have to stop and tell you the great time I had. Um, well, no, I'm going to hold off. I'm, I'm going to end with that. I'm going to mention, I'm going to move into politics just a little bit, but I'm going to start off with um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh, and, Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, the um, misguided soul that he is of the Kennedy family. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing that he carries the name of his father, but he's not like his father, which is kind of a shame. But anyway, Robert Kennedy Jr. has decided to not run in the presidential race as a Democrat, but instead he's going to throw his hat in the ring as an independent. It's going to be interesting to see how it affects the race. You know, because independents are, are that silent majority of you don't know if they're going to lean to Republican or Democrat or what, you know, because you always have the other parties in the race as well. So you just don't know where the independent voters are going to land. I'm, I'm uh, it's kind of sad that, you know, RFK, he um, he's he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, I think you chose the right word. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. It. He, you know, it's kind of sad that you know he's talking about you know the unfounded conspiracy theories regarding the COVID nineteen. Um, he's made some anti Semitic sentiments. Um, he did some postings about the virus being engineered to favor certain demographics and other things like that, which I think. Um, it's kind of sad to see where his thinking has gone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's also kind of sad that his family has come out against his his candidacy. Um, and you, you know it's bad when your own family says, don't vote for him. Oh, um, yeah. Remember another candidate out West, his family did that to him. And he lost his race. I think he lost his bid to be a senator or a congressman. I can't remember. But I remember, you know, when you're, it's bad when your own family says, don't vote for you. Yeah, you know it was bad, and you know it was just said that he's part of the illustrious Kennedy political dynasty, and they've come out against him. But you know, you never know who's gonna what's gonna twist you up and change you. So um, it's kind of sad, but he is now an independent candidate for the presidency of the United States. So we're gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see who else tries to run as an independent to try to split that vote and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, 
I'm just going to uh, mention another controversial issue that has gone on this week. Well, I shouldn't say controversial, but sad is um, Hugh Van Ellis. Um, many may not know his name, um, but he was a survivor of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre of Black Wall Street. And he was 102 and wow. he passed away on Monday. Um, he was known as Uncle Red. Um, he was among the last three known survivors of, like I said, the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. He was also part of, I believe, the lawsuit um, to sue the state of Oklahoma regarding that massacre. Hmm. Um, he, 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 he was a World War II veteran. He, you know, he stood up for America and the Constitution, despite all that's been done to him and what he's experienced over his time. It's it's kind of sad, you know, and the last two survivors of the Tulsa race massacre are now Viola Ford Fletcher, who was 109, and Lessie wow. Benedict Randall, who's 108. And he was, and he, and Ellis, Van Ellis was the youngin of the three. So, he, but they do say women outlast the men. So, you know, what can you we know? say? But um, still 100 and, you said 102 or 103? He was 102. Wow, that's that's amazing. Oh my yes, goodness. that that is, you know, he's lived a long time, but he, you know, he witnessed a tragedy that people were never um, convicted of. That yeah. they it, they tried to cover it up, and then with the anniversary, um, I credit Wall Street Journal for writing a wonderful Pulitzer Prize winning package regarding the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre and what happened and what happened to the victims of it and how people didn't recover or receive their insurance payments and things like that. So, um, you know, it's just kind of sad um, yeah. what happened, but um, it is something that um, we hope that as the um, people have a hard time accepting history and what happened in the past. And, you know, the more you try to bury it, well, let's put it like this. The more you try to keep something a secret, the more the secret will come out. Oh yeah, most definitely. And, you know, and unfortunately the Tulsa race riot, the race massacre, I should say, is not the only massacre that occurred in America. Oh yeah. There were other places where there were black towns that were destroyed because they were thriving compared to other towns who were not thriving. Yeah. Um, there are lakes in Georgia that sit on top of former Black towns um, trying to cover up what they did to them because people don't, people who, who get jealous of success will try to destroy it, but eventually it will come out. And it's a stain on America when you fail to admit what happened and still continue to try and cover it up. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of sad that to see this figure of history um, go, but um, hopefully, you know, we'll learn something from his passing. So um, there's that. And then, um, you know, another good note, the Xavier Jesuit Academy held their groundbreaking ceremony for the faith-based scholarship funded school in Bond Hill. Um, the school will be based on the campus of the Church of Resurrection, or also known as the former St. Agnes School, um, on California Avenue in Bond Hill. 
and it's supposed to open in the fall of 2024. Um, the school will provide a unique improvement education model called the Jesuit Nativity Education Model with smaller class size designed to engage and encourage young men from economically challenged communities during their formative years. So mm. um, it's a way to encourage young people who have not been exposed to anything different to, to learn something different. Mm -hmm. um, the core of the curriculum will focus on reading, language arts, mathematics, science, and social studies. You know, basic stuff that we had when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but it also, it, it will feature an extended day model and providing intentional programming for students with engaging options for fun and complement the core academic curriculum. So we're going to see what happens. I believe it's going to be a free school. I don't think there's going to be a um, tuition or anything like that, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's kind of like, sounds like almost like the Crystal Del Rey model, um, but without getting um, people to work in businesses. Gotcha. So, um, but you know that, the, you know, every the the education has been moving in a new direction to prepare people more for, you know, their future than for the now. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, when the school opens and the success that they have. Yeah, it should and, be. And um, my final chocolate news of the day is the NAACP Freedom Fund Dinner mm. with the keynote speaker, Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. So how was he? Oh, he was good. I would just say that it, it was, he gave a very uplifting and impassionate speech about um, teamwork, collaboration, and how um, that despite the efforts of people trying to suppress what other people have experienced, you can't use that to govern. You have to be able to look beyond the limited and look at the bigger picture to pursue a bigger and better democracy. Mm. Um, he, um, he, he didn't give too much details about what was going on in Congress. Cause you know, they just voted out um, McCarthy and um, they're looking for a new speaker of the house. And, um, and he, he didn't give too much details, but he did, you know, he spoke from the heart. He was very passionate. He's a very good speaker. And I would just say the women were swooning because <laughs> he was wonderful to look at. I didn't get a chance to meet him. I did take a picture of him up on the Jumbotron. You know, he, but I did see him. He did have people um, meeting with him, greeting him. Um, he was very well received. A number of women came to see him because um, he is very nice to look at, even though he's married. That's just the eye candy person of me, you know. <laughs> Um, but I also have to commend the um the Cincinnati NAACP. Um, they did a wonderful job. It is the it was their largest dinner ever. They had over 1,500 people attend wow. that dinner. So they they had a record turnout for their dinner. And we also want to um commend the winners of the Freedom Fund Awards that they gave out that night. So, real quick. David Whitehead received the President's Award. Robert Richardson, the former president of the NAACP, received the Game Changer Award. Fanon Rucker, the former judge, municipal judge, he received the Wright Overstreet Memorial Award. 
Um, John Smith, the um, long-serving mayor of Silverton, he received the Theodore M. Berry Award. Tyron Stallings received the Empowering Education Award. And then the Community Outreach and Partnership Award recipients included um, Renee Mahaffey Harris. Um, she received the Individual Community Outreach and Partnership Award. The Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio received the Nonprofit Community Outreach and Partnership Award. The Kroger Company received the Corporate Community Award. Lincoln Ware, who's been in the radio business for over 50 years and just had a street named after him, he received the Inspiring Innovator Award. And then uh, Carmen Sanders is a long distinguished volunteer with the NAACP, so she received the Distinguished Volunteer Award. So those were the winners of the Freedom Fund, the, the awardees. Um, it was a wonderful dinner. Um, I had I had a great time. The food was fabulous. And, um, you know, you saw the people who were mingling. Um, you saw a number of the politicos in the room, a lot of community people, a lot of church people, um, a lot of activists, all were in the room to enjoy and hear from Hakeem Jeffries. So um, that was a wonderful weekend, and that is the chocolate news for the day. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea. And um, before we um, end the show, I just wanted to point out that um, uh, Yvette Simpson, she was a former Cincinnati City Council member, and then she was a uh, a um, ABC. Did she work for ABC News? Yeah, I'm she she's a, she. I think she's still a commentator for ABC News. And she was the um, former president of Democracy for America. Right, right. Well, anyway, uh, she has a uh, book signing this Saturday, October the uh, 14th. It's at um, Joseph Beth Booksellers. It's from 1130 to 130 p.m. It's going to be a nice event. Vice Mayor Jan Michelle Lemon Kearney is going to be there. She's uh, hosting the event. And Yvette's going to be there. She's going to sign books. The The book is uh, called On Purpose, The Power of Authenticity and Intention. And it was birthed in the midst of the once-in-a-generation global pandemic. On the other side of the pandemic, millions of people are asking why and what now and then how. The book examines the promise of purpose as the pathway to fulfillment and balance. So... It sounds like an interesting book. It sounds like I'm going to be asking myself a lot of questions <laughs> while I'm reading it and afterwards too. Oh yeah, that this sounds really really interesting. So, um I'm going to look forward to I I'm yeah, I'm going to have to get the book and see what it's all about. Um and um it sounds like it's a good read. Yeah, most definitely. Um so yeah, make sure you um make sure you come to that folks and uh join that and afterwards you may be able to go get some breakfast at first watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry i do enjoy first watch breakfast oh, <laughs> but anyway they, they have some good food so i'm right there do. with you they do but uh but for real though seriously come to the book signing it sounds like it's gonna be a good time you'll meet yvette you'll meet the vice mayor all that good stuff sounds like a fun time but uh but anyway that's it for today's show and i want to thank andrea again for all the chocolate news of the week so thank you andrea you're welcome. It, it's you know it, it's always interesting to see what the what 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 the week brings up in terms of what's going on in the world. 
of course. And you can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes on www.thecincinnatihero.com, the SESH newsletter, or on our social media. Remember, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Threads. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Amazon, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and whatever podcast service you're listening to. In addition, the Cincinnati Herald is now accepting applications for an advertising representative. So please call or text our publisher, Walter White, at 513-680-7076 for more information. I'm John Alexander Reese. And I'm Andrea Carter. And have a good day.